0: This is Matt Pennington with Radio Free Asia. Welcome to South China Sea Currents, our weekly podcast where we review what's happening in the South China Sea and how we've been covering them at Radio Free Asia and Banar News. I'm joined as ever by our South China Sea reporter, Drake Long. How's it going, Drake? Oh, it's
1: going well. Thanks for asking.
0: So last week, we looked at how China was laying undersea cables that could have military uses for its outposts in the Paracel Islands. This week we look at another activity going on in the murky depths of the South China Sea, it's Deep Sea Surveys. Drake, with his trusty ship tracking app and his BDI, drew attention to two new surveys that China is conducting in contested waters, close to Vietnam and Taiwan. This comes just a few weeks after China spent about a month surveying in Malaysian waters. That was an episode that prompted the U.S. Navy to patrol the area. So, turning first to the new survey of Vietnam, Drake, what did you find?
1: Right, well, an actual survey hasn't begun yet, but what I found was a survey ship angling to enter Vietnam's exclusive economic zone, the Haiang DG-4. The Haiang DG-4 is in the same series of ships as the 8 and the 9, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But uh, basically, around June 14th, this survey ship showed up in the South China Sea, near Fiery Cross Reef, one of China's major bases in the Spratleys, and it was drifting into Vietnam's EEZ, and then all of a sudden its signal just cuts off. You can check the last transmitted coordinates, you can see its bearing, you can see you know, how fast it's going, and you can say that definitively it was entering the Vietnam EEZ. We caught it about, I believe, 192 nautical miles from the coast, about 180 nautical miles from a, a tiny island off of a Vietnam's coast. It's there. It's officially there. It hasn't actually begun a survey yet, though, so this caught my attention. It's not a good development, all things considered. The hyong DG-8 just finished its survey in Malaysian waters, and that same ship actually was where the 4 is right now last year during the infamous Vanguard Bank incident when China committed another survey inside of Vietnam's EEZ.
0: Okay, so... China's sort of repeating what it's done in the past, sort of venturing into waters of other claimant nations. Why do you think China is doing this now, sort of on the verge of entering Vietnam's EEZ and perhaps conducting a survey there?
1: Right. Well, if you look back at what the 8 was doing last year, the Haiyang 8, That campaign, by all accounts, was clearly meant to pressure Vietnam out of exploring for oil uh, off its southeastern coast with international companies like Repsol and Rosneft. I think before is entering Vietnam's EEZ to do pretty much the same thing. There is a oil rig that was towed to Vietnam's port the Vung Tao, the oil rig was named the Noble Clyde Boudreau. I might not be pronouncing that correctly. And it's just been sitting in port. It was supposed to resume its contract this month, actually, but it hasn't actually moved out yet. I think the four was sent as a kind of warning to say, if you actually start drilling for oil with this international partner, we're going to start another international incident, so to speak. It's, uh, it's another pressure campaign. Uh, We've seen this before. I think it's especially interesting because, by all accounts, China's pressure campaigns are starting to work quite easily. You had the Spanish company Repsol, an oil company, sell its shares in three Vietnamese oil blocks to the Vietnamese state oil company. That, by all accounts, is a recognition of the fact that Repsol just knows that it can't function in Vietnamese waters anymore. The Vanguard Bank incident really, really ended up turning sour for it because they had to cancel that project and they lost about 200 million U.S. dollars, all things told, after the uh, survey ship ended. So I think the four is basically repeating the same playbook and it's in the same area. That's where I think we are right now.
0: So which is the international company that is looking to partner with Vietnam in, in, this, uh, in this exploration off its coast?
1: Right. So the Clyde Boudreaux oil rig, I mean, there's a couple different companies, but the Clyde Boudreaux is a London-based operator. Having said that, on the International Maritime Organization registry, it's registered to a company in Switzerland, and I'm pretty sure it's ultimately operated by Rosneft, the Russian oil company. These sorts of companies always have tons of different entities. It's always kind of hard to establish what's called beneficial ownership, but this looks like... One of the last staunch partners of Vietnamese joint exploration are Russian oil companies. By all accounts, this is China trying to pressure them out of partnering with Vietnam, which is uh, significant because that's a major partner for Vietnam when it comes to its resources. Now,
0: we haven't seen a reaction from Vietnam yet to the presence of this Chinese survey ship. Why do you think that is?
1: Well, I think we have seen a response. The response is nothing at all. Uh, Like I said, the oil rig that is supposed to be working in the Vietnamese oil fields is not moving right now. It looks like the contract might be delayed or even canceled. Last year with the 8, the Haiyang 8, The Vietnamese prime minister essentially canceled that at the last second under Chinese pressure. I think what's happening is basically a repeat of that. By not drilling for oil, by not testing the waters, by not, I guess, challenging China's coercion here, Vietnam is giving response. Having said that, you know, there's still plenty of time left. Vietnamese foreign ministry spokesperson gave a statement, you know, last week that was in response to the undersea cable story about uh, China has no right to operate and do what it does in the Paracels and in the Spratlys. And I think that was a blanket statement for what they probably observed was happening in the South China Sea at that time. They probably saw this survey coming or some type of pressure campaign. And I guess other
0: Southeast Asian nations are kind of looking to Vietnam to see how they respond to China, because at the end of the day, Vietnam's probably got the largest capacity to, to stand up to China.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They definitely have, I would say, the most bold approach to things. They definitely don't back down typically in situations like this. And I mean, they're still drilling for oil. Every other country, Malaysia especially, has kind of acquiesced a little bit to China and say like, all right, we can't really explore for oil without Chinese companies. Why don't we just accept China's and comply here and pursue joint exploration partnerships? The country of Brunei has already done that. The Philippines is kind of angling for that. We'll see if that actually works out. Vietnam has not done that. They've vociferously not done that. They've continued uh, with their own oil exploration and tried to keep their international partners as best as they can. Nowadays, a lot of it is left up to the Vietnamese state oil company, Petro Vietnam.
0: Okay. Now, you also detected Chinese survey ship at Pratas, which is an atoll that's occupied by Taiwan. Now, Taiwan is a South China Sea claimant, but we often overlook it in that sense. We tend to Think about Taiwan and its dispute with China over its status, because China regards Taiwan as being a renegade province, although Taiwan clearly governs itself. Unlike China, is a, a model democracy from most people's point of view. So what is going on at Pratas?
1: Right, so it's, it's remarkable that in the exact same month as sending a survey vessel into Vietnamese waters, China has sent a survey vessel, the Haiyang Dicha 9, same series as the 4, same series as the 8, that same research vessel is entering the Pratas Atoll's waters, about 42 nautical miles off its coast. And that happened on June 10th, and it's ongoing. It's still committing a survey, last I checked yesterday. That's an interesting thing, because Pratis, like you mentioned, is occupied by Taiwan. It is one of the very few Taiwanese-occupied features in the South China Sea. And the survey didn't begin this June, actually. It seems to be wrapping up something. It started and stopped last year. So...
0: What is there actually at Pratas that China might be interested in?
1: Well, there's a national park there. I don't think China is interested in tourism there right now. Um, So it's definitely not that. I think there's a number of reasons China wants to commit a survey around it. One reason is just plain pressure, just plain coercion. You know, it's operating in an area that Taiwan can't technically dispute. It has free reign in. What we did notice most recently, we had our big feature on the 80 new features that China named and claimed back in April. The undersea features that China has named and claimed there and given, like, you know, some very interesting names were all discovered or match up perfectly with previous Chinese deep sea surveys off Vietnam's coast. So maybe China is looking for undersea features around Pratus to try to strengthen its claim to that area. Having said that, that's Pure speculation. Could just be they want to kind of know what's around the atoll. Maybe they do just want to send tourists to the area or something. I don't know. It's closed down for tourists as of, I believe, March. So there's not a whole lot they can do there.
0: It's kind of unusual for tourists to be able to visit a disputed feature in the South China Sea. What what actually is there? I mean, what can you see from satellite imagery and other information that you can glean?
1: Well, there's not a whole lot. It's, it's, the atoll itself is just low-lying atoll. It's barely above water. There's some public facilities, some government facilities. Actually, the reason there aren't any tourists allowed on Prados right now is because they're busy fixing up a lot of those facilities. It, it was deemed not safe for tourists to travel to. So the dearth of people there actually might be one reason why China decided to resume its survey around the atoll because they knew that there was no risk of running into a cruise ship or some passenger ship or something like that. And having said that, it has a small Taiwanese Coast Guard presence. We've conferred with the Taiwanese Coast Guard for this piece, and they told us, you know, they don't have radar that can detect anything past 42 nautical miles or past 24 nautical miles. So it's not a military base. There's really not a whole lot there. Compared to the other big Taiwanese-occupied feature is Taiping Island, which has like an airstrip and some military facilities. Pratas doesn't really have anything like that.
0: Okay, so China conducting this survey, whatever its motives are, it sort of builds into this whole narrative that it's trying to push the envelope in disputed territories across the South China Sea. You know, we've been talking about this happening in multiple ways across from the coast of Vietnam to Malaysia to Taiwan. And we also see that China's acting very assertively on the India-China border, where there's been hand-to-hand fighting in recent days and weeks. So do you see that there's a pattern of behavior by China in these disputed areas?
1: Yes, I would honestly say there definitely is. China seems to be bursting at its seams, quite literally, when it comes to all these different border conflicts. I mean, it's sending surveys simultaneously into two different countries' territory, basically. I mean, maritime territory. There's There's a little bit of leeway with the Taiwanese case, but it's sending surveys into countries like Malaysia, Vietnam, Taiwan. It is regularly rotating Coast Guard out of its bases. It is sending maritime militia out as per usual. It seems to be getting more aggressive in trying to coerce Southeast Asian and Asian countries out of their resource exploitation and just out of a sense of safety. There's a story recently, actually. The Chinese Coast Guard has maintained a persistent presence for 65 days in the East China Sea around the Senkaku Islands. Just by having that kind of persistent presence is very intimidating. And for China to be able to keep it up against multiple countries simultaneously, and in the case of the India border, you know, devolving into conflict, I think it's very clear that something has happened in the past few months to make China more aggressive, more eager, or at least more urgent in its way to intimidate other claimants in the South China Sea and other border states in general.
0: So we'll have to watch to see how China's neighbors in Asia and respond and, and I guess, countries further afield. So Mm -hmm. thank you very much, Drake, for walking us through your reporting on China's deep sea surveys. No problem. If you have any questions or feedback, Please email us on South China Sea or one word at RFA.org or follow Drake on Twitter. His handle is DRM underscore long. And for those of you listening, please check out Drake's previous articles on those and other topics about South China Sea at RFA.org and BanarNews.org. In particular, there's a very interesting multimedia feature that uh, Drake referenced earlier about China's recent naming of 80 obscure features in the South China Sea, mostly off the coast of Vietnam. I'm Matt Pennington with Drake Long, the South China Sea reporter for Radio Free Asia and Banar News. This podcast series is created by Leo Kim and produced by Radio Free Asia. Thank you for listening, and please join us again.